Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, December 5th, 2022. And yes, I see you all in chat before I start this show. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a great time, including Britt, who continues to challenge me on my timeliness. And I don't know if everybody else on YouTube gets this. I feel like I'm pretty timely. I don't ever start my episodes 10, 15 minutes late. Every single bitcast I'm on, we start at least 10 minutes late, seemingly. So I think I get a little extra from this, but I had to use this time to start early as Britt Cormier, who very often supports this channel. So thank you very much, Britt. I'm just joking with you. Asked me to start on time or early based on challenging me and based on my proclivities to hold an extra 30 seconds when I see people commenting on whether or not I'll be early or late. Uh, did it in the right way, but I also... I feel did it in the right way because, of course, I had a good weekend. How about you all? I know we got some Buckeyes in the chat. They had a good weekend as well. Don't let them tell you differently. They're in the playoff despite some troubles there at the end against my Michigan Wolverines. But Michigan is back-to-back Big Ten champions, and I am just not going to come down from this high for quite some time time. So I hope everybody had as great a weekend as I did. I also played some awesome video games, which I will talk about as much or as little as you all want in this space. And I'm just in a very, very good mood, which is, hey, it's a Monday. If you can be in a good mood on a Monday morning, I think you got to bring that to the table. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you all. We've got a very silly lawsuit to talk about. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about uh, this morning, just in general. Uh, And what do you all think? Where are you hanging out from? How are you doing this morning? What did you do this weekend? Let's have a good morning startup together. And I'll take this down off your screen uh, to any delicate flowers out there that just don't love Michigan Wolverines as much as they should. As much as they should. So yes, back-to-back Big Ten champs. I probably won't talk about it the whole episode, but I make no guarantees. <laughs> Britt says, hey, I keep forgetting that Michigan has a football team. Sound cool, Britt. It's uncool, but you're not going to bring me down. Not going to bring me down. Crazy Cat Queen, good morning all. Listening to him all attempting to write a paper. Imagine trying to write a one and a half page paper on an aspect of the history of calligraphy. I, I can't imagine it. I could take up one and a half pages for the intro. I, I, I think I would struggle. It would be one of those papers from like middle school where you're like, how? so how far can the margins be? I You know, calligraphy... Um, is writing words in various ways. Um, and can I can I stretch that out to a page and a half? I don't know. But I'm glad you are on it and not me, Crazy Cat Queen. So I hope you have a great paper on the history of calligraphy. Sounds interesting. I know nothing about it. Spooky says, good morning, everyone. Home in bed with the vid. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that, Spooky Wife. Um, yes, sad emoji, sad emoji. It is sad emoji. Hopefully this can help keep you entertained a little bit. No fun to come down with any illness. So I will try to keep you entertained for the length of time of this Hangouts and Headlines, which I still can't guarantee because lawyers don't guarantee. But I better take a sip or I'm going to start coughing. <clears throat> All right. Good morning, Hogue and chat from California, says Leslie. Good morning, California. It is super early there. Always impressed by the West Coasters that get up at 4.30 in the morning to hang out with us here. That is awesome. Gina D., good morning, everyone from Boca Raton, Florida. I apologize, Gina D., for the title of this video, uh, but it was amusing to me uh, that this lawsuit was brought. Uh, and so I did use the, the Florida man, Florida woman meme because it amused me. So 
nothing against you, Gina. You're already making the right choice by hanging out with us this morning. <laughs> Joe Hill, more video games. More video games. You want me to talk more about video games? All right, maybe I'll, I'll talk about it for a few minutes. Eileen, uh, uh, good afternoon from the Netherlands. Callista, which games, she asks. Okay, all right. Uh, so I played a couple games this weekend. I played one called Callisto Protocol, in which you're in a sci-fi movie, essentially. Uh, stuck on a science fiction prison on a moon of Jupiter. And you are playing um, Josh Duhamel. I think you're actually playing a character, but I can't really tell. If you don't know Josh Duhamel, uh, you may know him as the military man from the early Transformers movies before Marky Mark took over. Um, and if you are really interested in deep cuts, he was also the main character on a uh, medium length show uh, called Las Vegas, uh, in which he and James Caan defended the interests of a Las Vegas casino called uh, the Montecito, I believe. So you play as Josh Duhamel, you fight zombies, he gets his eyes poked out, he has all sorts of violent things. It's exactly the kind of game that would have been shown before the Senate in the early 90s. Uh, but it has a lot of atmosphere. Uh, it's uh, a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. But that's honestly the second best game that I'm playing this weekend. Uh, the first goes to, a little bit unexpectedly, uh, a game called Midnight Suns, in which you and a team of Marvel superheroes uh, fight off a demonic invasion of Earth, but not in the way that you might think. It is not done with action uh, fighting. It does. It's not done like a, some of the earlier Marvel games or, or fighting games themselves. It is a tactical strategy game, like a game series called XCOM, uh, in which you have a, a battlefield and you move your three heroes on the mission around to do various things, uh, and... It is an it is a it is a tactical strategy game in which you get a deck of cards that you build and then you get dealt certain cards to tell you who can do what on any given turn. Uh, and in between missions, you spend a lot of time at a place called the Abbey where you talk with everybody and you add social friendship ranks and you train together. And so uh, I just had a conversation last night between missions with uh, Blade, the vampire hunter and vampire himself, who talked to me about undead caribou for probably a solid two, three minutes. Um, and uh, that's that is it is a crazy game. It's a crazy game. I love it deeply. Uh, I think it will appear on my top 10 list, which if I can get set up, should be a video with my brother sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but he's a difficult man to corner and get online. Uh, so hopefully we'll be doing that. But Midnight Suns, absolutely fantastic. Have enjoyed the absolute heck out of it. Um, can't recommend it more. So Callisto Protocol and Midnight Suns are the two games I've primarily been playing this weekend now that we have beaten God of War Ragnarok. All right. Now that everybody that doesn't like video games is bored and has left, uh, we can we can talk about some other stuff that you're into this weekend. We hit Michigan Wolverines. We hit video games. It's quite the morning. Don Calito, thank you so much for gifting five Hoglaw memberships this morning. That is awesome. I would put it on screen, but you know StreamYard doesn't like that. Uh, so I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Jennifer Miller saying the important words this morning. Go blue, stars in her eyes emojis, times two, and a hug emoji. I love stars in my eyes, and I love hugs. So, yes, go blue. Great day on Saturday. Very sorry, Purdue. Really impressed by your team if you're a Purdue fan in the chat. Uh, a lot of fun uh, playing that Big Ten championship against you. Uh, <laughs> Unnamed Firestorm. So Michigan loses the first playoff game, Britt. What? We're all friends here. I, I'm very positive this morning. You don't have to. You don't have to come at me like that. 
if there are Texas Christian University fans in the chat, I'm sorry, we're enemies for the next month, uh, but it's nothing personal. We're just going to try to play a football game and see who advances to maybe get destroyed by Georgia. Don't know. Anybody can win a college football game on any given day. So we will see. Crazy Cat Queen says, congrats to the Michigan Wolverines, and thank you for letting us watch a great game. And go Dallas Cowboys. All right. I actually don't know how, how Dallas is doing this season. My Lions are strangely good for the last month. Uh, so that's that's weird. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to address that issue, uh, but they're, they're playing really good football. Uh, certainly Dallas has been uh, one of the top contenders in the league for, for a long time. Uh, Britt says Callisto Protocol is the spiritual successor to Dead Space. From what I understand, I have not played it. Yes and no. Uh, so Dead Space is a, in video game terms, ancient electronic arts brand. Uh, and in that game, you are a, a spaceman uh, dealing with space things in a space station uh, while the entire space station gets overrun by monsters. Um, so they're, they're, they do share that similarity in kind of tone and look, and it's, it's derelict space uh, as a concept. In terms of playing it, Dead Space is really kind of defined by its plasma cutter, which shoots a, shoots a line of plasma out to, to hit monsters. And so you can, well, you can sever their limbs. Hey, YouTube, it's a video game, video game. Uh, and so that adds to some fun as you try to figure out exactly what the best way to deal with some of these monsters is. Uh, Callisto Protocol, by comparison, doesn't really have that kind of zaniness. Uh, it is very melee focused, in fact, uh, primarily with you having a, a shock baton the whole time and uh, limited use of weaponry. Uh, so it comes across as a very different game to play, even though in screenshots and looking at it, it is clearly inspired by the tone of Dead Space. So I was actually surprised by how little of Dead Space's video game DNA is in the game. Uh, and that is super cool, honestly. It's much more novel than I had expected. Uh, and uh, it is it, it is much better than some of the reviews that went out there, but I do understand that there were technical issues on some of the platforms I'm not playing on. I'm playing on the PlayStation 5. So, you know, I'm an Xbox shill if you've been in my comments at all in the last two weeks, and I just hate Sony and want to see them lose. And yet, hey, I'm playing both Midnight Suns and Callisto Protocol on my PlayStation 5. Why? Because I primarily play my PlayStation. Come on, people. Come on, people. Night Eyes, happy Monday, Hogan chat from England. Enjoyed watching our footy team progress to quarterfinals yesterday. You won. You were playing Senegal, right? I didn't see that game. I'm sorry. Uh, but congratulations. U.S. obviously didn't advance on Saturday. The Netherlands had a great team. And uh, their passing was a joy to watch, even as they were burying balls in the back of my net. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. It was a good game. I'm glad to see a good team move on. But maybe next time, USA. Maybe next time. Uh, we've got, uh, Kim just saying reasonable minds can differ, Hogue. I don't know what in the last 10 minutes I said to elicit that, but that is very true. Very, very true. Uh, Kelly says, I have some confidence about an Addy coming to Michigan. Man, your lips to God's ears, Kelly. Kelly is a fantastically positive person on Twitter, uh, who does follow me when I'm doing my various Twitter rants during a football game, primarily about referees, uh, more than either of the teams playing. Uh, and that was certainly no different watching the Big Ten Championship, where really every single offsides call or anything simple was met by like a five-minute discussion of the referees uh, during that game. So much so that our game went uh, four hours and 20 minutes or something ridiculous. Uh, but she is a positive force. She believes in Michigan. Uh, she's more optimistic than me in the middle of the downtime. So if you're interested in Michigan football, 
check her out. She's very positive. On Twitter, Kelly C., I am glad that you have confidence. I'm going to live off that positivity. The playoffs are scary, as are the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> so Carolina Diaz here with the Go Dogs. Hey, I'm a I'm as big a Go Dogs fan as there possibly is for the semifinals, all right? Uh, go, go, go show Ohio state. What's what? Uh, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting playoff and, uh, hopefully we get to have a rematch in the, in the national championship. That would be very cool. Very, very cool. Christy says there's an achievement in dead space. If you finish the game, only using the plasma cutter, honestly, that's the best thing dead space does. Uh, you know, they have variations of guns. I think I, God, I haven't played dead space in a long time. I think they have like a nail gun that acts like a gun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the plasma cutter is where it's at uh, with Dead Space. Uh, but they are remaking Dead Space. I think that's coming out in January. And certainly the graphics in Callisto Protocol uh, make me excited to see what they can do with that remake because it is it is very cool looking. It is very cinematic. Uh, and as much as I'm not necessarily good at it and I'm progressing at a snail's pace, uh, it is a very enjoyable, immersive type game uh, to get into. Uh, I like I like being stuck on haunted spaceships. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Steve says necromorphs, uh, eyes open emoji, crying emoji, scared, shock, screaming emoji, necromorphs. That's right. I don't think we actually have a name for the things in Callisto yet. I'm not that far. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's certainly spiritually similar in tone. Uh, it's just a different video game, which I thought was very, very cool. Randy says on paper, Georgia should, should win, but they don't play on paper. That's true. They don't play on paper as much as Nick Saban wanted them to in his weekend tour of explaining that he'd be favored in Vegas against teams like TCU. So he should be in. Win your games, Nick. Win your games. Sorry, you're on the other side of the fence like a lot of other teams have been when you take a spot. So enjoy your bowl, uh, and I'll see you next year. Go blue until they stop. Can't stop, won't stop. It's going to be fun. Not a gunner. Hey, Hogue, can you take my contracts final for me? I, I think I could do well on a contracts final. God willing. It's all I've done for almost 20 years. Uh, no, I can't take it for you. It's, it's, it's how you learn. Also, virtual legality. Um, you know, I think I talked to you about it a little bit a few months ago, uh, but we were looking to potentially get CLE credits for virtual legality episodes in particular, uh, but that didn't work out because uh, the company I was working with didn't work out, uh, but we might look at it again in the future. And uh, I think it would be cool to be able to give some lawyers some some CLE credits uh, in this space, just talking about law. Uh, but the CLE folks and the companies that help organize them, they have certain demands uh, that add huge amounts of time to these projects. And I, I don't think it actually adds value. Uh, so we're going to see if we can get around that a little bit. But uh, it's taken it is taken some time. But good luck on your contracts final. Uh, I'm sure you're going to kill it. Uh, if you're hanging out with me on a, on a Monday morning, I think you got your head right for, for talking about law and, and contracts in general. So, you know, go knock it out. I want to hear how you did when, when you get those results back. Britt says, it would be a bit ironic if a horned frog ended up taking out a wolverine. I think I would laugh for the next few years. These are harsh comments. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to kill my buzz, but it's not going to work. Because I'm in the playoffs. And as much as I think Hypnotoad, the, the glowing internet name for TCU Horned Frogs, uh, has had a great season, I think Michigan matches up well against them. So we'll see how it goes. 
but certainly TCU is not a team to be taken lightly and everybody in the playoff deserves to be there. Well, except Ohio state, but you know, they needed a fourth team. Am I right? Uh, hello, Bach. Uh, hopefully I didn't ruin that name. I finally caught Hogue live. Hi from <clears throat> Alborg in Denmark. How'd I do on that pronunciation? Don't know. Don't know. Well, hello, Denmark. Good morning. Probably good afternoon. I would guess in Denmark. <laughs> Kim Farm, yes, we missed Gaming Dino. Okay, so I'm going to get Gaming Dino back up. You can kind of see where it uh, it sits uh, over my shoulder here. Uh, I, I I just forgot that it wasn't up, and I can't get it straight. So I need to I need to work on that when it's not five minutes before the show. Um, so we'll get Gaming Dino back. I had to take him down. I have to take him down for uh, professional calls. <laughs> I, I do remove Gaming Dino for those. Uh, so I just haven't put him back yet. Snoop again say, Hogue, yay for college football. So sorry about the loss this weekend in the World Cup. They deserve to lose, uh, but I'm, I'm still proud of the U.S. team. At least we, uh, Netherlands, played better than we did the first three games, so the loss was maybe expected. Hey, I'm glad you look better than you did if you looked bad before, but you look great against the U.S., so I thought you deserved to win. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a shame. It's a bummer that the U.S. isn't moving forward, uh, but that's, that's how the knockout works. There can only be, what, eight teams in this round? So... It's not going to be a lot in the world. Uh, and so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Rooting for you, Netherlands. Never heard of a natty before. Uh, I'm also going to start using that. The natty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, before the BCS, you really were you were getting natty lights. Um, you know, much like Michigan in 1997 when Nebraska stole half our natty. So we had a natty light. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's what the Internet tends to call it. Because national championship game is just, I mean, that's just too long. Who has the time? Right. So I'm hopeful for a Michigan, Georgia rematch. Certainly Georgia had their way with Michigan last year, uh, but Michigan has, has learned some stuff uh, is maybe a little bit more used to the bright lights and, and we'll see. We'll see. It's a national championship this Sarah. That's what a natty is, or it's a it's Midwestern beer. <laughs> Raiden blade. Hey, ho, good afternoon from the UK. Any update on ABK, the Activision deal? There will be an update that is the virtual legality topic for today. Uh, it's very funny to be talking about it at 745 in the morning, but it is on my list of things that I have to get done uh, this probably morning afternoon, as well as practicing some law and, and helping some clients out through some transactional stuff. Uh, so busy day, busy day for me. Uh, but yes, there will be a video. There were some uh, reports both in Bloomberg and in the New York Post about the Federal Trade Commission and what they're deigning to do, um, rumors that Lena Khan, the chair, wants to sue over it and that she's facing defections from her commissioners uh, and probably doesn't have the votes. You don't have the votes uh, to get uh, to get that through, which isn't unanticipatable. Uh, if, you've, if you've listened to virtual legality at all, uh, the FTC has a pretty terrible uh, set of facts to actually bring this deal down. Uh, and it would be very activist. It would be very kind of politically motivated to to push too hard on this. But that is not outside the wheelhouse of the FTC, of course. So that's that's why we have the percentages we do. There will be a lot more as I go through those articles today. Um, and so I am working, and this will probably be on a banner sometime. We we always got stuff in motion on the channel here. Uh, but the virtual legalities are currently scheduled moving forward to premiere. So I can be in chat, so I can talk with you all at 3 p.m., on the days when I get them done, or maybe if I can't get them done that early in the day, the next day, uh, depending on how I want to work this out. 
Uh, but I want to make sure those times are kind of uniform. YouTube seems to like that a bit more. Uh, and so we're going to try to hit that 3 p.m. number uh, and and go from there. So that's what I'm working towards today. Uh, and hopefully, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> that'll be that'll be taped and and ready to go at at 3 p.m. We're we're squeezed a little on hours here, so we'll see how it works. Uh, but um, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on in terms of the news. There's not a lot going on in terms of the practical realities of the situation. Uh, so I will be updating that later. Laquaria says, Laquaria would say if this button would work on the StreamYard. Oh, good, it's broken. What is up with the StreamYard? <laughs> this is the second time in a week, StreamYard. Come on now. Uh, hopefully that didn't uh, kill everybody else's connection to this channel. Uh, but uh, yes, the, the the buttons were lost to me. Okay, the buttons are back. Hogue died. Rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated. But I was removed by the StreamYard from the stream. I was trying to, uh, to go and add from Laquaria that I could cover Gaming Dino with some sort of shroud, uh, which sounds super serious, but scarf maybe for calls, avoid the whole rehanging headache. It's possible. It's possible I could do something like that. This is much fancier. This is higher end than I usually deal with with this wall. Uh, so I will think on that most definitely. Thank you for the recommendation, Laquaria. Sorry about whatever happened uh, with respect to, to StreamYard there. Tia says half a natty, natty light, laughing. Yeah. A natty light. What else would it be? Uh, Hogue says you could take a page from Rob's book, or uh, Akaruki says this to me. Hogue, I'm Hogue, sorry. And put a curtain up that can be drawn over the non professional stuff while taking professional Zoom calls. Possibly. All right. Think about that. Basically the same thing covered up. I don't understand why Gaming Dino needs to come down for professional calls. I'll talk about this in a second. He's a great piece of art. In bigger form, he'd be quite acceptable. Have you seen some people's taste? Uh, Lady Black, I have no problem with Gaming Dino up. I will tell you that certain clients are sensitive to basically anything um, and that I still get comments about how I shouldn't have, you know, photos in the way that I have photos on my website uh, or that, um, you know, the fact that I have a YouTube channel or that I stream with you all in the morning is unprofessional in some capacity. So we do try to make clients comfortable with whatever it is that they're looking for. And in this particular context, I went through a couple client calls where Gaming Dino stayed up. Uh, in this particular context, I needed to take him down. So I uh, I appreciate it, but sometimes it's just you gotta you gotta meet your clients where they live. Glitter girl, congrats to Michigan's Big Ten win trophy emoji. What happens now? Do you progress into another competition? That's right. Yes, the college football playoff has four teams in it: Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. Uh, and those four teams now get to play in three games total: two semifinals and one final to determine who the national champion of football is. Those are deemed to be the four best teams uh, in the league. You can get some arguments. Nick Saban went on an entire crying tour all weekend to try to advocate for Alabama. Uh, but uh, those are the four teams that have a chance to win the national championship. Georgia plays Ohio State. Michigan plays TCU. And the winner of either of those games play each other in the national championship, where the fun part about that is they have like 
4,000 cameras and 17 feeds. And uh, I've never, I've never been in a national championship, Michigan. Yeah, this is, this is all unknown waters for Michigan uh, in the last two years, uh, since the national championship format has only existed for about a decade. Uh, and Michigan was not very good for large portions of that decade. So, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, we'll see. I think Michigan is favored against Texas Christian, but you never take a college football game for granted. So hopefully it'll be a good game. Hopefully no one will get injured and hopefully Michigan will win. Uh, but we'll see. That is on New Year's Eve if you're interested. 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern. So you can all watch my Twitter as I just explode into a ball of tension and anxiety. It's fun. It's fun to watch college football with me, I'm told. Uh, Mrs. Hoglaw, particular fan, I'm sure. Calista, seriously, out of all the mergers for the FTC to look at, Activision Microsoft is not the hill to die on. I think ultimately that's the conclusion they will come to. Uh, it is it is certainly not the worst of the worst, and they got a lot of stuff going on in merger land. Emily says, ooh, I forgot to say that today is the last day I have to give my cat drops for her ear infection. Hey, that's a good thing to celebrate in Hangouts. Holla freaking Lula. Uh, uh, LOL. Luya. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said Lula. Uh, so, uh, well, congratulations on that, Emily. I'm sure that's an annoyance. Absolutely. Uh, and I think there's some cat talk. There's some talk about me losing the feed. Very exciting stuff. Uh, <laughs> famous last words. Oh, no, it's broken. Laughing emoji. Was that was that the last thing you heard me say on the stream? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll have to watch that tape of uh, of this episode. Certainly, that's that's funny. Um, okay, just scrolling along. People, people, people upset about gaming Dino. Gaming Dino will be back, like James Bond. Gaming Dino will return. I'm glad that you love him so much. Okay, folks, it's just before eight o'clock here in the Eastern Time Zone, so I think it's time to talk about cheesy lawsuits, right? And I don't know, by the way, my my YouTube friend Emily D Baker loves a good food lawsuit. So I don't know if she's covered this one already yet. I should have asked her uh, last night, but but uh, I can bet that she will cover it as well at some point. So you can look out for her channel on that. But right now, uh, I see since I since I lost my feed, I lost my window share. I was wondering where this went. Um, right now we could talk, oh, here it is again. Yes, excellent. We can talk about this article in which Michigan wins second consecutive Big Ten championship. Hmm, really? Uh, Michigan uh, football team refers to Ohio State game as its Super Bowl, but on Saturday the Wolverines were still in pursuit of a championship trophy, uh, and then and then they won it. Well, that's good. There it is. There's, there's Ronnie Bell. He was injured all last season. He's very excited. Look at that. Very exciting. And you can't beat our punter's mustache. You can't beat it. Fantastic. All right, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> CBS News: Woman sues Kraft, claiming Velveeta shells and cheese took too long to make. Now. We call this show headlines. I can't improve on this headline. This is an accurate reflection of the lawsuit. We're going to be looking at the lawsuit itself. Uh, but this headline is genius. I love it. It gets your immediate interest. You're like, what in the heck are they talking about? And, and then the article doesn't add too much to it, really. A South Florida woman is suing Kraft Heinz, claiming that, all right, okay, CBS News, chill out claiming the food manufacturer hoodwinked her, a good hoodwinking, and other consumers by saying it's Velveeta shells and cheese product only takes three and a half minutes to be ready to eat. The proposed class action lawsuit, ah, class action, 
filed in the U.S. District Court in Miami, concerns Kraft's microwavable single-serve cups of macaroni and cheese. All right, thank you for the lead-in, CBS. Let's take a look at it for ourselves, because that's what we like to do in this space, right? All right, so this is actually filed on the 18th of November, really only came to everybody's attention eh, within a week ago. That's just the nature of these, these lawsuits. Uh, and it might be that someone called the press on this because it is it is silly. Terry says, we're not calling Velveeta food. We're not doing that. But as, as an enjoyer of the Kraft macaroni and cheese division in general, I'm going to defend their powdered cheeses. <laughs> it's also something that I can make as a meal. So I am going to defend Kraft on this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't eat Velveeta very often, uh, but yeah. It is funny. We can take a look at here. We've looked at lawsuits before. It's only 15 pages long. And honestly, if we look at the language in this document, it seems like that stretching that we talked about from middle school uh, in some places. So this is a request for a class action. If you aren't familiar with that, that is trying to say we deserve to sue as a group of people that are likely situated, that they are in the same position. And because of that, we could consolidate all of their claims against another party. Uh, and so they're asking to be the representative of a class. We've also talked in virtual legality and this space about class action plaintiffs, law firms, plaintiffs, attorneys uh, that do this because if you can be the lead plaintiff in a class action, the real winner for the most part is usually the law firm that represents that lead plaintiff. So you want to be first, but also you don't want to look like an idiot. And well, reasonable minds can differ, but let's see exactly what this has to say. Factual allegations. Kraft Heinz Food Company manufactures, labels, markets, and sells microwavable single-serve cups of mac and cheese represented as, quote-unquote, ready in three and a half minutes under the Velveeta brand. Quote, the product, for purposes of our definitions. Here, helpfully, they've included a giant picture of a, of a Velveeta box. Now, this is covering for space a little bit, but it is also establishing uh, what they want to show us, which is that they are going to be bringing basically a false advertising complaint they want to highlight, it says this three and a half minutes logo here, three and a half minutes logo here, three and a half minutes logo here. Uh, it is an eight pack. So, you know, if they only delivered six, that's the kind of thing you could fight. So if it says ready in three and a half minutes, why is it deceptive? Mr. Plaintiff's attorney, let me know. The statement of ready in three and a half minutes is false and misleading because the product takes longer than three and a half minutes to prepare for consumption. Oh, okay. Tell me more. According to the directions on the back of the packaging, uh-oh, pause, hang on. This packaging that you're going to use, you're going to say elsewhere on the packaging, it explains your reasoning for it not being three and a half minutes. This is why I included Florida woman can't read. Um, yeah, so we're going to have an issue there, uh, which is that you can read it and figure out how long it takes and what additional time there might be on this before you buy it. Hang on to that. It's going to be a problem for them. According to the directions on the back of the packaging, there are four steps in preparing the product. Here it is, back of the packaging. Uh, with helpful picture form, I call this the IKEA principle. If you ever bought IKEA furniture, it has a little man with a phone call to the IKEA headquarters. And it's just little pictures of things. All right, so we've got your, your package here. You have excised your mac and cheese from the box. All right, that took some time. What, what do you think? It took some time, six, seven seconds? to get it out of the box. Okay, all right, seven seven seconds. Remove lid and cheese sauce pouch. Sometimes they don't remove so easy, right? Sometimes they're a little bit too stuck to the cheese cup. Could be another 10 seconds there. I mean, these are just really adding up right now. You add water to fill in line in cup and stir. You gotta take it out, 
You got to open it. You got to add water. I mean, and that assumes that you have running water. I, this is a faucet of some kind. Maybe you don't have running water. Why is Kraft assuming things about the way you live your life? I don't know. I don't know. That's too. Oh, but they got a warning here. The lawyers have stepped in. Warning, help prevent risk of fire. Add water to fill line. Do not leave microwave unattended. Don't let your microwave explode. We don't want your house to burn down. Thanks, lawyers. Okay, so you had to remove it from the box. You had to add water to a fill line. Not of any particular temperature, by the way. Then you put it in the microwave, uncovered, on high for three and a half minutes. Do not drain. We're going to need that water sauce noodle stuff on the next step. So here's where you get your three and a half minutes. When it says ready in three and a half minutes, it's referring to the microwave time. Then you've got step four, stir in contents of cheese sauce pouch. I mean, my goodness, that's you have to open another pouch. You have to stir it in. And uh, I mean, that could be 30 seconds, right? So what we're realistically looking at here maybe is four minutes. I mean, can they even say this, Rick? Ready in three and a half minutes? Yeah, 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 they they, they can. <laughs> so you got the directions here and the actual, the actual claim. We're going to read through this lawsuit because we love hilarity here. On a Monday morning, who doesn't? Uh, but the actual claim is that these steps outside the microwave take some amount of time. I mean, it's at that point, you might as well say, well, it also takes time to eat. It also takes time to eat. But they, they say it takes some amount of time. We've got some other notes here. Starch blend in cup reduces risk of boil over and thickens sauce. So there's something in the cup, some magic stuff, uh, which Terry would say is not food. Uh, cheese sauce will then thicken upon standing. That's the nature of cheese sauce. Do not reuse cup. <laughs> we, got, we got these fancy Velveeta cups. Let's just throw it in there again. <clears throat> Keep kids safe. Avoid burns. Cup and contents will be very hot. Don't hand directly to child. So how is this uh, How is this put up in the uh, lawsuit? First, consumers must remove the lid and cheese sauce pouch. I, sometimes I just, you're a lawyer here. Do you ever, do you ever get to the point and you're just like, what am I, where did my life go? <laughs> first, first consumers must remove the lid and cheese sauce pouch. Next, they must add water to fill line and cup third. Third, the microwave will do this. They're just talking what we just read. Finally, they should stir in. Defendant then notes, cheese sauce will thicken upon standing. Now, this might be the closest they have, uh, but they don't promise good mac and cheese, okay? They promise it's ready. <laughs> Consumers seeing ready in three and a half minutes will believe it represents the total amount of time it takes to prepare the product, meaning from the moment it is unopened to the moment it is ready for consumption. Will they? Will they? Because the directions are on the box. You can, you can take a look at this and say, hmm, ready in three and a half minutes. What does that mean? Oh, it's referring to the microwave time. I will I will reasonably decide, oh, that's probably more like five minutes. Let's just be generous. Probably more like five minutes instead of three and a half minutes. All right, well, then maybe I won't purchase that product. Is this false advertising? I don't, I don't really see it, folks. However, the directions outlined above show that three and a half minutes is just the length of time to complete one of several steps. The label does not state that the product takes three and a half minutes to cook in the microwave, which would have been true. And, and would that be terribly distinct on the box? It's also not terribly easy to put in a little, little badge, but that's fine. To provide consumers with a product that is actually ready in three and a half minutes, the product would need to be cooked in the microwave for less than three and a half minutes so that all the preparation steps could be completed in the three and a half minute time frame. Lawyer got paid for that one or is seeking to get paid. For that one, consumers are misled to expect the product will be ready for consumption in a shorter amount of time than it really takes to prepare. Defendants sold more of the product and at higher prices than it would have in the absence of this misconduct, 
resulting in additional profits at the expense of consumers. As a result of the false and misleading representations, the product is sold at a premium price, approximately no less than $10.99 for eight 2.39-ounce cups. Is that box really 10 bucks? <laughs> Inflation. Excluding tax and sales higher than similar products represented in a non-misleading way and higher than it would be sold for absent the misleading representations and omissions. Also, first of all, Velveeta is a brand name that people recognize. Uh, we could talk about that. I also need more. I mean, this is just the summary, so maybe you'll give it to me later. Uh, but I need more than similar products. Talk to me about those. If you're going to make this case, and your case is ludicrous on its face, so probably don't spend too much time on it. Uh, but if you're going to make this case, you're going to have to tell me, what, what comparable ones are you talking about? Because if you're talking about, you know, whatever, powdered cheese and noodle, um, then, well, that's going to that's gonna sell differently regardless. But you've got a tough hill to climb that this uh, claim that's three and a half minutes in the microwave, it would be better stated to say three and a half minutes in the microwave specifically, and that reasonable purchasers of products are incapable of looking at the directions on the back of the box before they purchase something, that they are hypnotized by the badge uh, and that it is completely untoward uh, to sell it in this fashion. Also noteworthy, generally speaking, you have to have things that are substantial or material to run afoul of false advertising. It has to be important to the average consumer, uh, convincing of the purchase or non-purchase. Like I said, an uphill climb. All right, jurisdiction is based on seeking a class action. We really would like to run that class action. This, which is reported on in a bunch of places, hey, they're, they're looking for $5 million. I put it in the thumbnail, as a matter of fact, is basically the way in which they try to establish that a class action is worthy of uh, being looked at. Uh, it isn't specifically asking for $5 million, but it is saying that the class would be big enough and important enough to qualify for class action status. Plaintiff lives in Florida. Defendant is from Pennsylvania. The class of persons the plaintiff seeks to represent includes persons who are citizens of all kinds of different states. Uh, and so your venue uh, can exist here uh, in, in Miami-Dade County. The plaintiff uh, is Amanda Ramirez, a citizen of, and Floridians, help me out with this, uh, Hialeah, uh, Florida, Miami-Dade County. Defendant Kraft is that Pennsylvania limited liability company. I think we know Kraft. Plaintiff is like many consumers who seek to stretch their money as far as possible when buying groceries, cost conscious, you might say. Plaintiff looks to bold statements of value when quickly selecting groceries. They didn't have the time to look. Didn't have the time to look is going to be their argument here. Uh, plaintiff purchased the product at locations including Publix uh, between October and November of 2022, among other times. Wait a minute, they bought this more than once? Wait, hold on, hold, hey, pause. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're claiming false advertising, and you're saying that they bought it more than once. Did it not occur to them after they bought it the one time that they were taking whatever it was, 15 minutes to get this whole cup opening process done, and then they bought it again? Hmm. I'm going to need some more insight onto among other times, unfortunately. It's going to be trouble for you, Mr. Plaintiff. Plaintiff believed and expected that the product would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. Plaintiff relied on the words, terms, coloring, descriptions, layout, placement, packaging, and or images on the product, on the labeling statements, omissions, claims, statements, and instructions made by defendant or at its directions in digital print and or social media, which accompanied the product and separately through in-store digital audio and print marketing. Apparently, they didn't rely on them so much 
because if they had, they would see exactly what the steps to make the cup of Velveeta cheese is. It's a tough claim. And you do see things in this particular one. I'm not, I'm not highlighting these too much uh, because lawyers are human beings and they make mistakes too. But you do see things like there's a comma missing here. Uh, there's a quote missing up here, right? First consumers must quote, remove lid and cheese sauce pouch, no quote at the end. Uh, this looks like a fairly rapid uh, lawsuit filing from a lawyer. Uh, generally speaking, you want to read these through pretty closely. But even if you read them through pretty closely, I'm not going to sit here and claim that every contract I've ever drafted is completely without fault on this stuff. So lawyers are human beings, but it does appear to be a little bit quick. You don't have you know, a, a comma between terms and coloring. It's probably not terms coloring that they were aimed at, that kind of thing. Plaintiff bought the product at or exceeding the above reference price. Why, why would they Why would they have bought it at exceeding the reference price? Why wouldn't you reference what they bought it at? This now starts to sound like you don't actually have enough data. You've got a plaintiff that said, I bought it sometime in the last couple of months from the, from the publics down the street. I don't remember what it cost. You know, okay. Plaintiff chose between defendant's product and products present, represented similarly but which did not misrepresent their attributes, features, and, and or components. Really? Now, that would be an interesting argument as well to see if that's standard practice in the industry of microwave cheese cups as to how they otherwise present what the microwave time is. That's the most important time. That's the time where you can't otherwise um, go faster, open the cup faster, fill the water line faster. Uh, the microwave is just going to be the microwave. Plaintiff paid more for the product than she would have paid and would not have purchased it or paid less had she known the truth. I like the notion that she would pay less. Just walk up to the counter and say, no, not $10.99, $9.99. Plaintiff intends to seek to and will purchase the product again when she can do so with the assurance its representations are consistent with its abilities, attributes, and or composition. Plaintiff likes the Velveeta microwave cups um, and is going to buy them again. Plaintiff is unable to rely on the labeling and representations, not only of this product, but other similar products that claim they are ready in a specific amount of time because she is unsure whether those representations are truthful. Velveeta has ruined microwave foods for this plaintiff entirely. Other similar products that claim they are ready in a specific amount of time. She can't trust them anymore. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, class action. She wants it under Florida class law, federal class law, and multi-state class law. We're not going to go into this so much. She claims that there's a class because there must be other people that purchased this product and were similarly deceived. As a class argument, that's probably true, uh, that there are certainly other purchasers of this product or else it wouldn't still be on store shelves. Uh, if they were similarly deceived, that would surprise me. But it, it, as far as a class goes, it's not the hardest thing to imagine that this would be a decent class, that they're going to be likely situated. They're going to have purchased the same thing uh, that if it were found to be falsely advertised, would be equally falsely advertised to all the people that purchased it. Uh, but um, no, this, this isn't going to work. All right, let's look at the causes of action. Count one, and we talk about this a lot when we look at lawsuits, but you start out with your strongest foot in general, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. Plaintiff incorporates everything that we just said. Plaintiff brings this claim on her own behalf on and on behalf of each member of the Florida class. Defendant violated and continues to violate Florida's Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act by engaging in unfair methods of competition, unconscionable acts and practices. Now, this is from the statute, but you have to love it in a legal document. It is unconscionable what you have done, Kraft. Mm-hmm and unfair and deceptive acts and practices in the conduct of its business. 
All right, let's pause here in the lawsuit because, hey, they cite the statute. They've talked about what we need to look at. Let's go look at it for ourselves. We can zoom that in a little bit, though. The 2022 Florida Statutes, Section 501.204, Unlawful Acts and Practices, Unfair Methods of Competition, Unconscionable Acts or Practices, and Unfair or Deceptive Acts or Practices in the Conduct of Any Trade or Commerce are hereby declared unlawful. Now, if you read that section, you'd say, Rick, none of those words mean anything on their own. What are we even talking about? Unfortunately, this is the way that unfair commerce is really defined across the country. So thankfully in Florida, we do have the second section here, which says it is the intent of the legislature, which you'll note is not a binding kind of proposition, but it does lead the courts in a specific way, that in construing subsection one, due consideration and great weight shall be given to the interpretations of the Federal Trade Commission and the federal courts relating to the Federal Trade Commission Act as of July 1st, 2017. So what do the states often do when they're in this kind of line of work? They want to have a claim. They want to have it be illegal in their own state, under their own power, under their own court system to do these various things uh, like declare methods of competition unlawful. But generally speaking, in any given state, there aren't enough precedential arguments to make that a good body of law. So in Michigan, in Florida, in other states around the country, what you do is you kick it out to the feds. And that's exactly what Florida does here. Florida says, all right, we're going to use this language. It's going to match basically what's in the Federal Trade Commission Act. And then we're going to say, uh, since none of those words have definitions and since definitions are real hard, um, go look at what the Federal Trade Commission says about advertising. And fortunately, the Federal Trade Commission says a lot about advertising. So we're on a journey now, folks. We've gone to the Florida statutes. We're back at the Federal Trade Commission. Feels like we've never left on this channel. And what do they say about deceptive marketing? I think we should take a look. Under the Federal Trade Commission Act, advertising must be truthful and non-deceptive. Advertisers must have evidence to back up their claims and advertisements cannot be unfair. What makes an advertisement deceptive? Asks the Federal Trade Commission of itself. According to the Federal Trade Commission deception policy statement, which is ancient itself, an ad is deceptive if it contains a statement or omits information that is likely to mislead consumers acting reasonably under the circumstances. Hello? What? Hold on. You generally can't just say, well, I'm a, I'm a fast, I'm a fast grocery shopper uh, and I need to be protected from myself. Fast grocery shopping is a constitutional right and it should be protected. Uh, and uh, that might not work for you if one person says it's unreasonable for you to say these things. In fact, as part of the argument here, you have uh, you have actually said what is on the back of the box and you have claimed to rely on the entirety of the box. So even if I was giving you full faith and credit of what you're talking about here in the lawsuit, well, then you've already said that you had all the information you need to ascertain how long it would take. So that's going to be a problem because you have to be acting reasonably. Let's read on. It has to be material, quote unquote, that is important to a consumer's decision to buy or use the product. Now, they've certainly claimed it. They've tried to present in their argument here that this is super important. Why? Well, because they are trying to be cost conscious. They wouldn't have bought this product, which is the kind of thing that the FTC would generally go for, right? If it's actually moving market share around because of this lie. Uh, and then they go and start to philosophize, right? I can no longer believe in badges on boxes. I mean, okay, that's, you know, a bit of a personal problem, uh, but that's that's fair enough, certainly. Uh, and when you look at these two together, you start to see what the overall problem is, as, as if you couldn't intuitively, for the 
craft Velveeta shells and cheese microwave argument. Now, what makes an advertisement unfair? Remember, they're also looking for unfair things as well as deceptive ones. It can be unfair if it causes or is likely to cause substantial consumer injury, which a consumer could not reasonably avoid. That's is, we're not we're not doing that. Generally speaking, the injury here is essentially time in the measured in minutes uh, and it's money measured in like single dollars. Generally speaking, this is why when you hear me talk about the Federal Trade Commission and false advertising vis-a-vis things like video games, uh, I say, well, mostly those are going to be seen as very small ticket items. They cannot harm you physically. Uh, and the Federal Trade Commission is most worried about, you know, the fridge that doesn't freeze well enough and people die of salmonella. They're most worried about pharmaceuticals that don't do what they say and actually kill you. They're most worried about the things that can literally harm you uh, and that they shouldn't be allowed to advertise. Doesn't mean that they aren't worried about generalized false advertisement. But if we're going to put these in order, uh, well, substantial consumer injury is pretty hard to meet. So it's probably not unfair. And it is not outweighed by the benefit to consumers. Now, is there a benefit here? The advertising here may be beneficial to let someone know that it's three and a half minutes in the microwave. And honest to God, Kraft might change their badge to say three and a half minutes microwave time or whatever, because that's easy enough to do. But they do that as essentially a safe harbor, a protective and not as part of a legitimate lawsuit, just because they don't want to have to deal with this kind of thing. You also maybe don't do that if you're craft, because it sounds like you're admitting to issues here. Now, how does the FTC determine when an ad is deceptive? Well, the FTC looks at the ad from the point of view of the reasonable consumer, the typical person looking at the ad. Rather than focusing on certain words, the FTC looks at the ad in context, words, phrases, and pictures to determine what it conveys to consumers. Well, here... You've got that back of the box, which you included in your lawsuit that explains exactly what the process is to making your cheese. And it's the same point and size of the badge in question. Now, the badge is on multiple faces of the box, and maybe you're not reading the back if you're standing there in the grocery. So the FTC could possibly make an argument like that, that is essentially, oh, this print is too fine. But certainly in the picture that we just saw, and it is on the outside of the box, is suggestive of a reasonable consumer being able to check on those things for themselves. So... Just based on the Florida statutes that say, look at these like the FTC does. And what the FTC says, well, you've got a problem here. And we're not going to go through the rest of the FTC stuff. I'll link this. I think it might already be linked in the description to this video if you're interested in looking more at this. Uh, But that's the overall problem with this, right? Defendant misrepresented the product through statements, omissions, ambiguities, half-truths, and or actions that it would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. The material misstatements and omissions alleged herein constitute deceptive and unfair trade practices and that they were intended to and did deceive plaintiff and the general public into believing that the product would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. Plaintiff and the class members relied upon these representations in deciding to purchase the product and plaintiff's reliance was reasonable because of defendant's reputation as a trusted and reliable company known for its high quality products and honestly marketed to consumers. Plaintiff and class members would not have purchased the product or paid as much if the true facts had been known. Suffering damages, defendant's conduct offends established public policy and is immoral, unethical, oppressive, and unscrupulous to consumers. I know these are the words in the statute and I know why they appear, but even when you've got statutory words, you do have to be careful with not looking like a crazy person when you write these kinds of lawsuits. Plaintiff and class members are entitled to damages in an amount to be proven at trial. Defendant should also be ordered to cease its deceptive advertising and should be made to engage in corrective advertising campaign. What does a corrective advertising campaign look like for Kraft here? Velveeta shells and cheese uh, may take you more time than simply the microwave time. 
please be cautious with ripping the lid off of the cups uh, and uh, try not to spend more than 30 seconds filling the water up to the fill line. Thank you. This has been a statement from Kraft. Count two, violation of state consumer fraud acts. We're not have to gonna go through these in the same amount of detail as count one because all of these are gonna be based on the same kind of notion, right? There is false advertising in play. And so all of the states, which we can't name because we're trying to be a national class action, all of the state's fraud acts are implicated here because if there are lies designed to sell something in commerce, well, that's fraud in a whole number of states, Your Honor. And so we should win on that count. It is also specifically false and misleading advertising. Defendant made misrepresentations of a material fact regarding the total length of time it would take to prepare the product for consumption. Through all of these things, they got they influenced the purchasing decision and thus we should be protected. And there's an implied warranty of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose in the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. These are the implied warranties that you do try to get rid of if you're a commercial enterprise through various things like uh, the terms and conditions of a purchase. We've talked about that with respect to licenses. Uh, and the product was manufactured, identified, marketed, and sold by defendant and expressly and impliedly warranted to plaintiff that the product would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. It says ready in three and a half minutes. What does that mean? We would fight about that if this were going to get past the kick out of court stage. Defendant directly marketed the product to plaintiff through its advertisements and marketing. Defendant knew the product attributes that potential customers like plaintiff were seeking. Defendant's representations about the product were conveyed in writing and promised it would be defect free. And plaintiff understood this meant that it would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. Probably not a warranty on the box here. Defendant described the product so plaintiff believed it would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption, which became part of the basis of the bargain that it would conform to its affirmations and promises, trying to make a contractual commitment out of a badge on a box. Interesting. Defendant had a duty to disclose and or provide non-deceptive descriptions in marketing the product. This duty is based on defendant's outsized role in the market for this type of product. A trusted company known for its high quality products, honestly marketed to consumers. Kraft has a special obligation to you because they are Kraft. Hmm. I can't pretend to know exactly how Florida courts might treat that, but I don't think that's a winner for them in federal court. Plaintiff recently became aware of defendant's breach of the product warranties after buying it more than once. Plaintiff provides or will provide notice to defendant, its agents, representatives, retailers, and their employees that it breached the product's express and implied warranties. You're going to tell on them? Defendant received notice and should have been aware of these issues due to complaints by third parties including regulators, competitors, and consumers to its main offices and by consumers through online forums. I, that's that's interesting. Do you think there are a lot of people complaining about this to Kraft? It's interesting. The product did not conform to its affirmations of fact and promises due to defendant's actions. The product was not merchantable because it was not fit to pass in the trade as advertised and not fit for the ordinary purpose for which it was intended. This is a sure loser. It's definitely merchantable if you can eat it. Now, some of the people in the chat won't eat it, but that's on them. It won't kill you if you eat it, I don't think. That's a different lawsuit. Uh, and so when you talk about merchantability, uh, it is very saleable. You can sell it. Uh, and so that's that's not a winner in, in broad strokes. The product was not merchantable because defendant had reason to know that a particular purpose for which it was bought by plaintiff because she expected it would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. And she relied on defendant's skill and judgment to select or furnish that such a suitable product. Okay, so the the purpose, fit for its intended purpose, is to eat. And, and you can eat it. Yeah. So you, by the time you're in implied warrants of merchantability and fit for its intended purpose, uh, you're, you're just adding paragraphs for the sake of trying to get to the word count, I think. I, what's paragraph 69? I don't know. 
Did they just not want somebody to say nice in the uh, in the law offices? Clearly a very well-vetted, well-put-together lawsuit at this point. Negligent misrepresentation. Okay, so maybe you weren't lying, but you really didn't care how long it took. Defendant had a duty to truthfully represent the product, which it breached. The duty was non-delegable. Can't hand this off to the consumers. Based on defendant's position, holding itself out as having special knowledge and experience in this area, a trusted company known for its high-quality products, honestly marketed to consumers. Literally, it's three and a half minutes in the microwave, and it's said on the box. Said on the box. Defendant's representations and omissions regarding the product went beyond the specific representations on the packaging as they incorporated the extra labeling promises and commitments to quality, transparency, and putting customers first that it has been known for. Kraft is special, and we deserve special protection from a company like Kraft. These promises were outside of the standard representations that other companies may make in a standard arm's-length retail context. You mean other microwavable foods don't say how long it's in the microwave on the box? I don't believe you. The representations took advantage of consumers' cognitive shortcuts, made it the point of sale, and their trust and defendant. I'm a reasonable consumer because grocery shoppers don't pay attention. Is a play. It's a play. You can make it. I wouldn't let it very far in my courtroom. Plaintiff reasonably and justifiably relied on these negligent misrepresentations and omissions, which served to induce and did induce the purchase of the product, and then just outright fraud. When you're lying to me, we're going to say it's fraud. To the extent necessary, as detailed in the paragraphs above and below, plaintiff has satisfied the requirements of Rule 9b, which requires you to state with particularity what kind of fraud we're talking about by establishing the following elements with that particularity. I've never actually seen this represented this way. Who? Defendant, Kraft Heinz Food Company, made material misrepresentations and omissions of fact in its labeling and marketing of the product by representing that the product would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. What? Defendant's conduct here was and continues to be fraudulent because it has the effect of deceiving customers into believing that the product takes three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. Well, that's not really with particularity. That's just you saying the paragraphs above again. Fraud is an intentional act. Uh, what are they What are they doing here? Uh, you're going to have to be better than that. Oh, we got whens and wheres. Hang on. Defendant knew or should have known this information is material to all reasonable consumers and impacts consumers purchasing decisions. Yet, defendant has and continues to represent the product takes three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption when it does not. You saw that you have to open the cup, your honor. You saw that you have to wait for the cheese to stand. What kind of world do we live in? When defendant made material misrepresentations and omissions detailed herein, including that the product would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption continuously throughout the applicable class periods, where? I'm just, the who, what, where, when, why. It's just funny. Defendant's material misrepresentations and omissions that the product takes three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption were located on the front of the product's packaging through the statement ready in three and a half minutes, which instantly catches the eye of all reasonable consumers, including plaintiff, at the point of sale in every transaction. We cannot be bothered to read the box to determine what that means. It's a badge. It says three and a half minutes into the cart. It goes just like everyone else shopping at the Publix. Honestly, you know, if it took 35 minutes and it said three and a half minutes on the box, I think you could make a claim even if it established 35 minutes on the back. But when we're talking about, oh, that three and a half minutes actually does correlate to the one activity here that you have to be passive in. And we're talking about de minimis additional time considerations to go with that microwave cup of Velveeta shells and cheese. Well, then you can see how it falls apart. The product is sold in grocery stores, dollar stores, warehouse, club stores, drug stores, convenience stores, big box stores, and online. How? Defendant made written and visual misrepresentations right on the front label of the product that it would take three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption, even though the product takes longer than three and a half minutes total to prepare and be ready for consumption. Now, 
again, they, they kind of, they, they kind of make it broader than it was. It says ready in three and a half minutes. Uh, so, mm, yeah, we got a lot of people, by the way, if this were a valid claim and it's not, so don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but if this were a valid claim, you've got a lot of services and products that you see out there that say something like, you know, ready in 30 minutes or whatnot, that, that doesn't include things like, oh, I don't know, chopping the vegetables uh, and, and whatnot. And uh, a reasonable consumer has grown used to that being the kind of uh, rhetorical approach that the the time frame given is generally the cook time, whether that's in a microwave or it's you know actual cooking. Uh, so you've got that issue going as well, which is that the FTC looks at what a reasonable consumer would think about these various claims. Uh, so that's trouble as well. Can't be irrational when you're talking about this stuff. Uh, as discussed in detail throughout the complaint, plaintiff and class members read and relied on the misrepresentations. Defendant misrepresented that the product takes three and a half minutes. The why for the express purpose of inducing plaintiff and class members to purchase the product at a substantial price premium. Now, again, you've made that claim multiple times in this document. You got to establish that. You want to talk about particularity. Tell me what the other microwavable cheese cups are selling at so that we can talk about whether or not this is a material bit of damage. You're not doing that. So I'm not sure that your claim is actually as you represent it to me. Mm. Unjust enrichment is just kind of that catch-all, right? If you're doing something unfair, if you're competing unfairly, well, then any enrichment that you would have received and the profits that you would have made would be unjust. That's a kind of umbrella term in a bunch of different jurisdictions. So you just throw that on there. Uh, and then what do we want? What do we want? We want justice. When do we want it? Now. Declaring this a proper class action. Let us put all the people in. We want to be plaintiff's lead. Injunctive relief to remove. Go tell Kraft they have to change their box. Uh, money, uh, you know, it's not obviously it's number three. We're, you know, this isn't a money thing. This is a justice thing, but uh, money <laughs> and awarding us costs and expenses for going through the trouble of doing this. You can see this is a solo practitioner. I don't. It's not to begrudge solo practitioners. Hogue says from Hogue Law, but you can see that this is a relatively small office in general. Uh, and then they have someone coming in uh, pro hoc from New York to to help with it uh, if it survives the day. Uh, and then, hey, let's look at let's look at uh, how we've covered this in in press releases and whatnot. Okay, so that's the lawsuit. Uh, I got some super chats. I know I will pick up. But uh, what do you all think of that? <laughs> Is it as I presented the cheesiest lawsuit? Uh, what do you all think? We'll talk through the super chats. Get your questions or comments ready. Uh, I, I just wanted to start out Monday. I wanted to start out the week with some absolutely ridiculous food fight material. Uh, and, uh, I couldn't, I, I, I saw the headline. I was like, that's it. That's the headline we want to talk about. Oh, Kurt asked for a link. I promise to make nothing but cheesy jokes. I'm sorry, Kurt. Uh, maybe next time. I apologize for that. Thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Britt Cormier says Velveeta has ruined microwave food for this client entirely. They imply that that, like that is a bad thing. LOL. What? This is a lot of ragging on Velveeta shells and cheese. I had no idea. There was this level of animus. This is almost more than my Michigan Wolverines today. Um, yeah. Well, they obviously go too far in a few places. That's lawyers for you, right? My client is huddled in the corner thinking about three and a half minutes. So damaged. So damaged. Justice must require that there be redress in a situation like this. Tulip 2 says, too bad the plaintiff didn't want to sue Kraft for selling toxic sludge as food. Wow. How many of these are there? As, as I, you know, I don't, I don't do, do Velveeta, but Kraft mac and cheese. I tell you what, that's a, that's a good time in a pinch. It's a good time not in a pinch. So, all right. All right. You foodies in my chat. Joshua says, I have a new level of respect for lawyers. I'm sitting at uni in the UK reading the general data protection regulation, the GDPR. <laughs> 
And the data protection, I don't know how you read things like this all the time. Well, fortunately, in the U.S., I'm not reading directives from the European Union quite as much. They are written in a way that I don't much care for either, um, with very short clauses and reference points to other directives and things like that. Um, so GDPR, most important thing is transparency is key. Uh, and you need to be keeping track of where your data goes across jurisdictional lines. But do read that. Enjoy. Uh, and uh, yes, being a lawyer... Very often fun, love representing clients, love getting deals done, helping people make moves and make the world a better place. But yeah, it's a lot of reading. If you don't wanna read, don't be a lawyer because uh, much of what I do is reading closely through documents. Uh, if you've ever seen a terms and conditions document that's six pages long, but is two columns and, and the font is you know, yay big, that's what I'm doing uh, most days. Uh, is talking about those things and talking about which provision provisions are absolutely crazy uh, and uh, and working with my clients to hopefully get the crazy provisions either removed or handled in like a separate statement of work or things like that. So that is the life of the transactional lawyer. Uh, but uh, it can be uh, it can be fun, productive, satisfying uh, as long as you get the right clients from doing stuff that you love. Britt says, does this cause the plaintiff to have issues with a frozen pizza also? When they say ready in 20 minutes, does that include the preheat time? <gasps> No, it doesn't. Although if you if you time it right, you could hit the preheat button depending on the size of your oven, and then just you know take the take the plastic wrapping off the DiGiorno uh, very slowly uh, and try to get those times to match up. But no, it's exactly what you say, Britt. It's like everybody that talks about this generally is speaking about the cook time, um, and so that's what a reasonable consumer would expect. This looks like a crazy money grab with a lot of extra crazy language in the middle. Uh, and so that's why I wanted to cover it so that you could kind of see this is what a frivolous lawsuit looks like. I, I think this will get kicked for frivolity, uh, but um, that's what it looks like. This is how you try to make it. You try to have a lawyer go and say, all right, it's deceptive. My client is deceived. What does that mean? Okay, they wouldn't have bought this. Okay, they can't trust in the company. Okay, Kraft is a big name. Um, so Kraft owes us even special duties. There's implied warranties here that it's merchantable. Yeah, and it didn't kill you. It's food. Um, and, and those kinds of things. And you see the lawyer trying to come up with arguments on this. Uh, it, it's not a great case. <laughs> it is, it is not a great case. Direct doctor says, Hey, we need a lawsuit that determines if Velveeta is actually cheese before the suit has any basis. So if Velveeta calls itself shells and cheese. You want to, you want to get in there. There's probably a California regulatory body that would be willing to bring that up for you. Right. They're the ones that always say like the subway bread is not bread. Uh, that, uh, that fish are bees. Uh, you get into weird statutory things. Uh, but yeah, I think the Subway case, it might not be California, it might be New York, um, was that the bread content from Subway has too much sugar. And so it's not technically bread, but more of a cake or something like that. Uh, so that's great. Kraft is greater than Velveeta. You're paying, this, you're paying the same company either way. <laughs> I like to rag on the Velveeta brand, but the cheese is vital for my almost famous hot chili cheese nacho dip. Coming to your place for game day. Absolutely. I do really like Kraft Mac and Cheese for most of us. First kind of foray into basic cooking and also surviving college. That's right. Ramen and Mac and Cheese. Laughing emoji. I love it. <clears throat> Hogla, we at Kraft expect all our customers to have adequate fruition water pressure and to be in, on amphetamines when preparing our products, which fully explains prep time. You don't have to be on drugs to enjoy a box of Kraft Mac and Cheese, okay? I'm just saying it. I'm saying it here. 
Secret Big Squirrel says, guys, I know the McDonald's coffee was a legit case. I was just saying this person has dollar signs and thinks this will give them that sort of case. The, the McDonald's coffee was, uh, was scalding. There's some issues there that are potentially truthful, but uh, I think that even the award was reduced on looking at the what the actual damages were. Um, I have respect for lawyers and all legal people due to how much you have to keep in your head. Yep. And all that video game and Michigan Wolverine knowledge, right? Sardism says, I love reading. I hate being told what to read and when. You love reading until you're on page 75 of a of a long form contract when the other side is being absolute idiots. Then it's done. Nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys that until you get to maybe send the letter that says that they're absolute idiots. Some, some people do like that part. Uh, if they can prove Velveeta is more plastic than food, it can all be thrown out. Oh, this is for the macaroni, not the chili cheese dip. For that, you need Velveeta. I like I like everybody reacting directly to the Velveeta product. <laughs> uh, Resist Impulse says we have a concept for Mrs. Hogue's second video: Velveeta microwave cups. How long does it really take? Shit, it should just be it should just be a video. All right, I am removing the cup from the box. <clears throat> Looks like the cheese has set. What is the time? Four forty-five. Mmm. Is it truly ready? I don't know. I tell you what, if you take it directly out of the microwave, you're probably going to have to wait a bit, regardless of whether your cheese is sitting or not, to not burn your mouth. Does that mean that it's ready? Don't know. Tim says, let's be fair, Hogue. To be a money grab, it has to have some level of being able to make it beyond the motion for dismissal. Well, in general, I would say that would make it difficult for, get, for getting a plaintiff's lawyer to come to your side, right? But... Um, this lawyer actually did it. Do you figure that they're on entire contingency, which is usually how you'd operate on a plaintiff's class action basis, or did they take a small retainer to draft the document? Because it doesn't seem like it has any chance of winning anything. Uh, so what was this lawyer doing? Bored? I don't know. Maybe I'll have him on the show. What were you thinking? <laughs> e. Warner brings up another great point. Most of the microwave items have something to do with the size of the microwave, Right. I would be willing to bet that the box says what you usually see with respect to timing for things like microwave times, which is may vary, right? And I usually see a warning that says something about the size of the microwave, sometimes about like atmospheric pressure. I don't pretend to know how the magic microwave box works, but there's usually some kind of warning about like if you're, if you're in Denver, it's going to be a different time frame. So yeah, I mean, that's all on the box. Like they brought up the box to explain how it takes extra time. And then they said, well, we're too, we have to operate too fast to look at the rest of the box. Okay. All right. Resist Impulse says, I would watch that video for Mrs. Hoglaw. I'm just saying. Okay. I'll let her know. I mean, it's a video of putting a cup of mac and cheese in the microwave. I guess you could put it at real time. <laughs> uh, Lucinda says, American bread in general is classed as cake in, the, in Australia. I told you Subway got burned on that. Uh, it has a huge amount of sugar in it. Uh, the Subway thing was some part of the UK, and it came down to how things were taxed, so the bread sweets line mattered a whole lot in that situation. There you go. See, people have heard this already. Uh, Aaron says the FTC wants the deal to go through. I see talking about Microsoft and Activision. Uh, whether the FTC wants the deal to go through, we will talk about that later today in virtual legality, which will be hopefully, if I don't miss the time and get the work done, premiering at 3 p.m. If you're interested in that, I'm, I'm liking to premiere those so that I can be in chat and talking with you all about those topics. That's worked pretty well for the last month. So we'll be doing that again. Ms. Hogla says, oh my gosh, I forgot all about St. Nicholas Day. Am I supposed to put shoes out tonight or was it yesterday? I have chocolate coins. I uh, think it's tonight, maybe. I don't remember what day that is. Congrats on Michigan's win, says Julia. Thank you. It's just going to feel good all year. All year. 
just because sadly it wasn't the standard craft macaroni and cheese box. So the headlines could have been Florida woman has blue box blues. <laughs> uh, yep. No, I went with the cheesiest lawsuit. Again, I couldn't resist some punnage on this. Certainly my vote is five or six minutes. Thinks it's between five and six minutes from I am electing to take a cup out of the box to I am putting a fork in and putting it in my mouth. Could be, could be five or six minutes. Certainly. I picture a walking microwave walking away from this case. Tim says, Hogue once had to read through a 290-page master services agreement. Sorry, I just had sympathetic pains there, Tim. I've never wanted to gouge my eyes out more than when I was on page 140 or so. I, I, I can't even fathom. See, this is a problem that some lawyers and some companies have. To me... You can write most of what you need, even on a very complicated deal, transaction, vendor relationship, whatever it might be, in like a maximum of 15 pages. Yeah, you can start to elaborate on some of those things, depending on how detail-oriented various of the parties is. But you talk about a master services agreement, which for folks that don't know, is a type of contract that is designed to be kind of the terms and conditions of an overall relationship with between one or two parties. Uh, and then so that you don't have to write everything on every statement of work or every purchase order that you might relate to with one of these. Um, and typical master services agreement might be 10 pages, 15 pages, again, with font tricks that you can play with these things. Um, so 290 pages. I'm honestly not sure what you write unless you're you're probably a government contractor. You're probably typing in all of the FAR regulation stuff. Uh, you, I don't know what else is in there, Tim, but I feel for you. That would... That would have killed me. Uh, and certainly it would have been a conversation I had with my client on, okay, so this is going to take a long time. You know, what do you want to spend on this? How important is the contract to you? Uh, detailing exactly what what kind of time it would take because you're, you're talking about lots of money for lawyers, whether it's me or someone else, uh, to look at a document of that size and length. So Tim, thank you for the super chat. I feel like I owe you a super chat for just reading that document. Uh, good on you. That has, that, that would kill me. <clears throat> Law Talk with Mike has done that video already. Law Talk with Mike microwaved Velveeta shells and cheese based on this lawsuit. Good for you, Law Talk with Mike. Took him six minutes, but from starting the timer to going to the kitchen, back to the stream, back to the kitchen and start eating. All right. So he had some additional geographical moves. I'd like to stand directly in front of the microwave, soaking in the radiation. Um, so maybe it could be a little bit shorter. So between five and six minutes is what Law Talk with Mike has. Uh, is that a material difference between what the box says and certainly what it says on the back of that box? I don't think so. Don't think so. Uh, Anonymity art. You should check out the Coleman versus Burger King lawsuit. It's about deceptive food photography. The complaint actually has some meat to it. Unlike the photographed burgers, am I right? Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff with food photography, actually, because... So often, and this might be the case that you're talking about, uh, so often the actual photography uses non-edible things to, to work it, to uh, add gloss to something like a, a burger bun. Uh, potentially the cheese is actually, you know, square glue, whatever it might be to make it look right, like what you want to eat as edible, but the actual burger or actual food that you're photo uh, uh, making a photo of photographing uh, isn't edible. And that constitutes a certain amount of false advertising itself. Obviously, again, the reasonable consumer standard comes in and bites you in the butt a little bit here, because when you see the glorious, well-presented, perfectly placed Whopper on the commercial, 
you know darn well that your Whopper will never, ever look like that, ever. Um, that uh, That is not being meticulously handcrafted with non-squeezed buns. Early morning uh, innuendo from Hogue. Uh, and you have a Whopper that, that won't match the commercial standard, certainly. But yeah, I, I will check that out. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> uh, my wife is in chat talking about various crafts with people. I see that. Northern Wanderer says, I got a meal kit. Said it would be done in 10 minutes. It was more like 15. I don't even think of asking for my money back, let alone suing. I was actually thinking of that. I uh, I got a meal kits from a place called Tara's Kitchen a while back, um, and I, I really liked them. Uh, but they would always say something like, ready in 25 minutes. And because I'm slow, it would be more like 45 for me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the cook time was always kind of the same. And you could understand how they got to that timing. But it had prep steps and it had other stuff. Uh, that I had to do. <laughs> Hogue, I'm sending you pictures of Amazon's time charts for Velveeta and Kraft. Okay. All right. Amazon does it separately. Interesting. The lawyer was looking for some advertisement. They know it is stupid. I don't think you really want advertisement being the name on this lawsuit, but I could be wrong. Not a plaintiff's class action lawyer. Velveeta cheese. I am not hungry right now. Six minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> Jason, at one point, some government contracts were trying to put in specific medical requirements, C-19 related, for employees. Lawsuit engaged, and I think that they all got stopped. Um, yeah, okay. Makes sense. I, I can see that happening. Uh, the company that used to own the property managed had standard 295 pages. Basically, they reiterated all information in at least six ways till Sunday. Ridiculous. Some lawyer made money selling that to the realty management company, right? I mean, like, that's what happens. And I, again, I've talked to you all about this. I'm not good at min maxing my revenue on this because I would feel awful. I, I would I would not be able to sleep if I just was like, I'm going to just repeat myself for 290 pages and, and charge you whatever, 10 grand for this document that realistically should probably be five pages of important stuff that you want attached to any given lease or management contract. Ah, these, these horror stories are making me sad. <laughs> Ms. Opinion, I always try to read how a business handles claims and disputes. Some are arbitration, others you take to court. People are shocked that I read it. I bet they are. <laughs> Do you ever call up the helpline and like, I, I don't I don't much care for this jams proceeding that you've asked for. Can we could potentially change this venue? Uh, but yeah, I know uh, I, I know it is uh, unlikely that most people are going to read this stuff. And yet, for the most part, the courts are going to enforce it as if you had. Uh, so it's good on you, Ms. Opinion, that you did that. I see Emily D. Baker, like a bat signal, heard my innuendo and has arrived in the chat saying, I wandered in, I wandered in at non-squeezed buns, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. I actually mentioned you earlier, Emily. I didn't know if you had covered this case already, but I did say that you love food cases. Uh, and so I, if you haven't covered it already, you would be covering it in the future. I had no doubt because it is a silly food case. Good morning, chat. Good morning, Hogue, says Emily. Good morning, Emily. Good to see you here. Britt says, when I think of the professional food photos, I always play the scene from falling down with Michael Douglas in my head when he goes to the fast food restaurant. It's funny. You do have these kinds of arguments and discussions, especially about food, and you do remember pop culture references. The thing I remember about disputes about food is Steve Martin and the Father of the Bride remake arguing about the number of buns and the number of hot dogs uh, and exactly how you get to uh, to the different number of buns and hot dogs. And uh, I also that, that then leads me in my head. This is how my head works to a scene from Superstore 
uh, where you don't get to hear the question, but the CEO is saying something like, along the lines of, well, I think if you buy three bags of buns and four uh, things of hot dogs, then you should be all set on the number, maybe the reverse on that. Uh, and uh, it's it's exactly how pop culture works, right? It's why it's so fun. Um, and welcome, Emily. I see all the purple hearts. I always love that when that happens. Very, very cool stuff, guys. <laughs> uh, and it is good to see you. It's right at the tail end of the episode, unfortunately, Emily. So I'm sorry to say that. Uh, but uh, if you haven't covered this, I think people would like to get your take on it. Uh, so as Catherine says, do we get food court tomorrow? Is that the final name for your food uh, section of talking about lawsuits? I don't know. I didn't I didn't catch that. I had argued for uh, what uh, gastro publication, uh, but uh, I, I didn't win. It's not it's not clever enough uh, for that channel. But in any event, thanks, everybody, for popping in. Thanks, everybody, for talking with me on a Monday morning where my Michigan Wolverines are Big Ten champions, where I'm in a fantastic mood. We got great games. We got great pop culture. We got great sports and we got great chat. And we got a great community. So thank you, everybody, for dropping in. As I said, the current virtual legality schedule is now going to be premieres at 3 p.m. on days that I do virtual legalities. So you can pop in. You can check out on that. I'm looking at the time and wondering if I have enough to do that for today's 3 p.m. show, given what I otherwise have to do this morning. But we're going to give it an old college try. Uh, and certainly if you're my college, then that try is a pretty good one. Uh, otherwise, that's going to be going forward what we're going to do. So you can set your schedule a little bit like that. We'll probably put a banner up that talks about times for both Hangouts and Headlines and virtual legalities, as well as Lawyers and Dragons when it returns in 2023. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, Lawyers and Dragons. And everything else should be just kind of um, something that you can expect. We're trying to get it so that YouTube likes it a little bit more. We have a little bit better scheduling. Uh, and I really appreciate the support from everyone. That I have been told there's one more super chat here. So let me scroll down a little bit. Or maybe I missed it. So let's make sure we get it. A lot of people saying that. Tim Riggs says, fun fact about that master services agreement. I'm not a lawyer, just a poor schmuck responsible for adherence to contract requirements. Oh, no. So you've got a 200 plus page master services agreement in front of you. You're not legal and you're trying to work operationally your business and what is actually required in those pages. God love you, man. I, I think that, that that kind of lawyering is doing a massive disservice to honestly, like things like the economy and the way businesses function. Um, so the way I always operate is let's try to make this as efficient as possible. Let's try to make this short and sweet. We don't need to overlawyer those documents. Uh, and 290 pages is so far beyond overlawyering. I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, so more power to you. I am very sympathetically pained uh, for that kind of master service agreement. I can promise you, if you're working with a company represented by Hoglaw, you're not going to get a 290 page master services agreement. Um, so I, I feel you. I feel for you. Uh, and thanks for sharing with me because now I actually have to read some terms of service and some things today. Um, I will be very happy with the the mere 30 pages that I have to do, uh, even at whatever font it is presented to me. Uh, so thanks, everybody. I'm going to see you on the next episode. I hope you have a fantastic Monday. We'll be doing Hangouts tomorrow morning. We'll be doing Virtual Legality later this afternoon. There's 700 of you in the stream. If you would leave a like, maybe a comment on your way out. Every little bit helps YouTube notice us. Every little bit helps this channel continue to grow. Thanks, everyone. Go Blue and have a great day.